Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful. We are thankful this afternoon. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for the grace that we have found in our sight. We thank you, Lord, that you have made way for us to be here. Lord, we ask that you give us of your spirit to minister to us this afternoon. Teach us your ways. We pray, Lord, for a heart that is prepared, each one of us. Let us have a heart that is prepared, that is ready to receive the seed. We are grateful. We are thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. For Jesus and please be seated now we continue with our feeding 527 feeding 527 we are in the season of feeding 527 and this is the season in our church it's a season in our church where in all of our churches we take one of our father's book one of our prophet's book a great prolific writer, anointed man of God, the pastor of all of us. He is our pastor. And we take one of his books and we read it to the church. And this principle, this thing that we do in the church is based on a scripture in the Bible in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 27. And it says, I charge you, this is Paul who wrote a letter or an epistle to the church in Thessalonica. And this is what he wrote in that letter. The letter was addressed to a pastor of the church. But he says, I charge you by the Lord that this epistle or this letter be read to, unto all the holy brethren. Unto all the holy brethren. That means bring the letter to church and read it so they can all hear what I they are, they are founder, the pastor, what I want to say to them. And based on this principle is what we also have a season in our church family in the UD called the season 527. And we share, it's 527 based on 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 27. And this season for this year, we are sharing from the book, why non-tithing Christians become poor and how tithing Christians can become rich. Amen. It's a very wonderful book and it's full of wisdom, full of wisdom. And we are sharing about a very important subject. This all-important subject about tithing has come to be an explanation for the wealth of this world and we are studying it and I believe that um, at the end of this we are going to really acquire such supernatural knowledge and I call it supernatural knowledge because wealth is supernatural wealth is supernatural there are people that think that wealth comes by strength comes by hard work but you realize in this life that many people work very hard and they don't have much. Amen. Or they work so hard, they have so much, but they do not enjoy the fruits of their labor. Amen. They work and acquire so much wealth and other people enjoy it. Hallelujah. So this is a very important subject, something that every Christian must take seriously. But uh, the unfortunate thing is that it's a subject that many Christians take lightly. Many Christians treat it lightly and they think it's something they can play with. But it's very serious. There are consequences for obeying or not obeying this principle as well. Let's look at Malachi chapter, chapter 3 and verse 6. Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 6. It says, 
For I am the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you listening? It says, I am the Lord. I am, for I am the Lord. I change not. Amen. He says, I change not. So, people who think that, oh, tithing is an Old Testament thing, and God talk about it in the Old Testament, God says, I don't change. When I say something, it is what I have said. I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Amen. You see, this is one of the reasons why the sons of Jacob, who are the people of Israel, they, are, they continue to be wealthy. They are not consumed. Many nations attack them. But it's a small country, but very wealthy and very powerful. And wherever they happen to appear, they seem to thrive. They seem to do very well. They seem to dominate every area. If they go into any area, they seem to dominate. If they are into education, they dominate the area of education. Even if a, a, a Jew is a carpenter that makes furniture, he dominates that field of... They take over. Anything that they do, whatever they do, they take over. Amen. You will find them in companies that they are the heads. They dominate all managerial positions. Have you not seen that? Yes. Because God, you see, there are certain things that were done for them. And a blessing came upon them. Do you understand? And they continue to obey this. Even the ones that don't continue to obey, there's a blessing that has been upon them. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Because of their fathers who obeyed this and took it seriously. The scripture of our week that we read, is when the commandment came, they brought in abundantly. This is how they took this seriously. Now I'm saying there are consequences. So verse 6, it says, for I am the Lord, I change not. Verse 7. Verse 7. It says, even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But he said, wherein shall we return? So the Lord was complaining that these people have turned away from me. They have turned against me. And they were wondering, how have we turned against you? We come to church. You know, we read the scriptures. We are listening to the preachers. We are doing everything. We are cleaning the church. We are all kinds of things. We are making sacrifices and so on and so forth. So how is it that we shall return again to you? Then he says, God asked them. He says, will a man rob God? Will a man, in his right sense, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. You have stolen from me. And he says, but ye say, wherein have ye robbed thee? Because you wonder, how? How have we robbed God? How have we stolen from God? You see, God is answering the same question that isn't on your mind also. He said, wherein or how, in what area have we robbed thee? And then the Lord answers, he says, in tithes and offerings. In tithes and offerings. So you have stolen from God through your tithes and offerings. That is what God is saying. And then he says, ye are cursed with a curse. You see, this is the serious part of it. He says, you are cursed with a curse. Why? Because you have robbed me. Even this whole nation. You are cursed with a curse. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? He says, you are cursed with a curse. You are cursed with a curse. And then he says, bring ye all the tithe. Here is a solution. He says, bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse. That there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, 
And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. And all nations shall call you blessed. This is what they did. This is why now every nation, wherever they call, they are called blessed. They are the blessed people. All nations call these people blessed because of obeying this commandment. Because of returning to the Lord. And today they take it very seriously. Whether they are religious or not, as far as their tithes are concerned, very seriously. Their giving is concerned very seriously. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So it's a serious matter. It's not something that you are supposed to take lightly. He says, ye are cursed with a curse because you have robbed me. Now, what is this curse? A curse is, this curse is not a curse for fornication or a curse for lying or a curse for, it's a curse for stealing. A curse on a thief. Now, a curse on a thief is a dangerous curse. This says here, God is saying directly, That you are cursed because you have stolen from him. And if you read Zechariah chapter 5, verse 3, Zechariah chapter 5 and verse 3, it says, Then said he unto me, This is the curse that goeth forth over the face of the whole earth for everyone that stealeth. Are you hearing me? Everyone that steals or everyone that stealeth shall be cut off as on this side, according to it. And everyone that sweareth shall be cut off as on that side, according to it. And it will not stop there. You see, it's a very dangerous thing and every Christian must understand. Young people must understand as you are growing up that what you earn, God says there's a part of it that is holy unto him. And you have to learn to grow up to understand it if you are going to do well in life. Amen. Amen. The next verse, it says, I will bring it forth, the curse. I will bring it forth, saith the Lord of hosts. And look at how the curse is going to affect you. You see, this is the curse that has affected many generations because people didn't value the first fruits of their increase that belong to the Lord. He says, and this is the curse, and it shall enter into the house of the thief. The curse. It shall enter into the house of the thief, and into the house of him that sweareth falsely by my name. And it shall remain in the midst of his house. The curse will remain. So if you are in a house where they don't pay tithe, there's a curse in the house. And as you are growing up, you are growing up in a cursed house. You see, this is why this is a very serious thing. And you may choose not to believe it. You may choose not to honor it. Do you understand? You may choose not to believe it. You don't need, God says that this part is holy. And I want you to keep it like that. And it shall remain in the midst of his house. And shall consume it with the timber thereof and the stone thereof. That means, you see, you can see that there is a mon- your, your parents have bought a house or you have bought a house. And it's a very strong house, stone house, wood. That, and, and, but they are cursed. They are cursed. They are there. You see a house cursed. No happiness, no peace, no prosperity. That is how you will see that someone has finished Stanford, but the person is poor. Someone has finished Harvard, but he's committing suicide. Yes. So you will think you, you have gone to this school. How? Why? Who? Ha, I finished this and I can't get a job. And this one, this and that. You are cursed. There is a curse that is following you. Amen. So sometimes you should ask your parents, ma, have you paid your tithe? Please. 
Because I'm not doing well in this math thing. Have you paid your tithe? Huh? I'm studying the thing, but it's not working. Please, pay your tithe. I'm just checking, making sure if maybe extra classes that I need or there's a curse that is after me. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. It's a good question. It's a good question for children to ask their parents. It's this Sunday. Did you pay your time? I don't want any cares following me. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So we, in this book, we are sharing so many things about tithing. And we are sharing about how tithers fulfill the laws of wealth creation. There are laws of wealth creation. There are laws that people obey and they become wealthy. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And I'm saying that you see that there are some people, they don't even go to church, but they are wealthy because they obey these laws. They obey these laws. Some of you, it's very difficult to part with money. And I have seen that people who have difficulty to part with money, they don't have money. I'm telling you, if you have a difficult, hard hand to let money go, you will realize, you check yourself, check. By now you should know, you see, that this thing is not helping. I keep and keep and it's not helping. Some of you, it's very difficult to part with money. It's very difficult. Do you understand? Yeah. So we are learning these laws and we have gone through several of them. We say that humility is one law when Christians fulfill, it creates wealth. Humility. And then we said, tithing Christians fulfill the law of sowing and reaping, which creates wealth. Tithing Christians fulfill the law of prioritization, which creates wealth. Amen. These are laws, and anyone that obeys them, you become wealthy. You do well in life. If you cannot prioritize, you cannot put priorities. What is prioritize? What does it mean to prioritize? To put first things first. To put first things first. To put marriage counsel before marriage. To put marriage before sex. To put education before YouTube and Facebook. And to put all these things first. If you don't do them, you are bound to fail. If you come from school and the first thing you are picking is your game, you are a failure. Automatically, you are a failure. Because as a student, your priority now is your education, is your homework. You are a guaranteed failure because of you have missed priorities. And tithe paying is one of the things that teaches you to prioritize. Amen. That you put, he said, the first fruits of your increase. You see, so the Bible says the people, when they received the commandment, they brought in the first fruits. The first thing. God is teaching you priority. Hallelujah. The next one is the law of emulation, which also creates wealth. The, to learn to copy, to have the ability to copy it helps, it creates wealth. It's a law. People who are able to copy, they make they are wealthy people. Amen. So the next one is tithing Christians, number five. Tithing Christians understand the law of seasons. And this creates wealth. Amen. It says the, the, earth, the earth has been created to operate in seasons. Are you with me? Yes. The earth that we live on, it has been created. You see, there are so many laws that God has set in place as far as our existence on this earth is concerned. In Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22, Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22, the Bible says, while the earth remaineth, that means whilst we are here on earth, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. They will never stop. 
as long as we are living here on earth. Now, this is a very strong principle that everyone must understand and accept. Whether you like it or not. Are you with me? Whether you are a day person or not, you have to respect this. It is a law that God has set in place that there will always be seed time. There will always be a harvest time. Now, it takes a prudent person to also be able to survive these times and do what you are supposed to do in what season. It takes a wise person. He says, there is a time to sow seeds and there is a time to reap what is sown. There is a time when it is cold and there is a time when it is hot. It is only those who have understood the concepts of the season who truly prosper. Only those who have truly understood it, those are the ones who truly prosper. A farmer who goes out to sow his seeds in winter is wasting his time. It's very simple. It's very easy to understand that. And he will not prosper and he will not be successful. Hallelujah. He says his failure is because he does not understand the seasons. That is his failure. Not understanding the seasons. So it takes a prudent person to understand the seasons and to accept the seasons that there is a seed time and a harvest time. Now, when you have plenty, when you have plenty, it is very difficult to even conceive that there can be a time where you don't have. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? When you have plenty, you can't even see yourself as not having. You can see yourself as not having. And that is when people don't sow seeds. That is when people don't sow seeds. When people become wealthy, they don't know that they need to sow seeds because there is going to be a period where there will be nothing. There is going to be a season where there is nothing. And when you are swimming in plenty, you can't even perceive that one day there will be nothing. Amen. But the wise person, the wise person understands that you have to save some seeds to sow for the period when there will be nothing for others. And then you will reap. That is a wise farmer. Amen. You see, when the weather is warm, when it's hot and we are 90 degrees, the temperature is 90 degrees, you go to the store and you see winter clothes, you, you close your eyes. Even if the price is 90% off. You see, it, 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 it makes you feel hot. When, you, when it's winter, the, when the temperature is 90 degrees outside and you see they are selling sweaters, they are selling jackets, and you see they are selling leather jackets. Are you with me? It makes you feel hot. You don't even look in that direction. But a prudent person, a wise person, knows that this is the time to sow seed. This is the time to buy the clothes for the winter. Because a prudent person is conscious that this hot period is for a season. It will pass and there is a cold season that is on the way coming. It is a wise person to sow seed at that time. So wise people, they sow their seeds in the season. So when it is hot, they buy cold clothes, winter clothes, and they keep them. Because you know that by all means, as long as the earth remains, there will be winter, there will be cold, there will be heat. And when it is hot, when it is cold, when the weather is cold, you don't want to buy shorts. You don't want to buy t-shirts. They are cheap, but you won't buy them because you, it takes a prudent person to understand that I will need this in the summer because the summer will come. That is why the unwise, when the summer comes, then you are going to buy the things that are expensive. 
And the same things when they put out there and you don't buy them, they put them away. When the summer, the, the summer comes, then they bring them back and they say, now come and buy them. We said buy it at 90% off. We didn't want it. Now come and buy 100%. But it takes the prudent. It takes the wise. You will never go to the store and buy a heater. I mean, when, it's, when the summer and the temperature is 105 degrees. You will not go to the store. You go to Walmart or something like that and buy a heater, a portable heater, because you know that the winter is coming. Or this season, they are selling air conditioners. You will not go and buy air conditioner. You will think it's a waste of money, but it is a prudent that understands the seasons and knows that this season is going to pass. This season is going to pass. And if you don't respect the seasons, you suffer. You suffer. Amen. Amen. If you don't learn to respect the seasons, you will suffer. He says that there will be seed time and harvest. There will be winter and there will be summer. There will be day and there will be night. You must learn to respect that there will be day and there will be night. So if during the night, you don't do the things that are called for in the night, what do we do in the night? We sleep. So if in the night you're still playing games and you're still doing your, 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 your videos and you are doing all kinds of things, you are staying up late night and watching TV because you are in your room, you have covered yourself with your blanket and no one can see it and you, are, you realize that in the morning your eyes are red. When you are supposed to be awake, you can't stay up in class because you don't respect the seasons. You don't respect the seasons. When it was time for you to sleep, you are doing the things that are meant for the day. Because you are not wise. You don't understand the seasons. Amen. You see, and when you are young, you think that, oh, I've grown up, <laughs> we, we are strong. We, and you have realized that when you are on the school bus, you are sleepy. When you are on the train, then the train passes your stop. You miss your stop. Because you are sleeping. When you are sitting in class, you are sleeping. You, don't under, you can't concentrate. You don't understand. You are taking a test. You cannot focus. You, because tests, they don't give them in the night. The day classroom is for awake people. Classroom is for people who slept in the night and they are awake. And they are listening and alive. So you say your teacher is not good. He's a good teacher. It's you. You say, this teacher, when he explains, I don't understand. How can you understand if you don't respect the seasons? Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? He says, Joseph warned Pharaoh of a coming season which would wipe out the prosperity of the day. Pharaoh listened to him and survived the coming season of lean cows. Pharaoh had to listen. And it took someone who could see the seasons, who could understand that this season of plenty, if you read Genesis 41, verse 29, it says, Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land, and the plenty shall not be known in the land, by reason of that famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And when Pharaoh listened to this, when Pharaoh obeyed this and respected a man who has a revelation of seasons, Egypt prevailed as a wealthy nation when every nation was in famine. Respect for the seasons. Amen. The same thing for the adults. If you don't respect the seasons, you are not sleeping. You are watching one show after the other, one movie after the other, staying on the phone all night. You go to work and you cannot focus. You are sitting down and you are sleeping like this. You go to a meeting and you are sleeping. They think you are on drugs. Oh, yes. You can easily lose your job because you don't respect the seasons. Because they say, ah, 
There's something wrong with her. Every time she's sleeping, it's because you don't respect the seasons. He said the practicing of titan calls for recognition of the seasons. If you do not understand how life operates in seasons, you will not make optimum use of the season that you are in. And he says all enduring wealth is created by men who took advantage of the season of sowing when it came. Hallelujah. A person who practices titan demonstrates that he recognized the season for sowing seeds. He demonstrates that he will be expecting a season of harvest in the future. He shows that he is fully aware of the fact that things do not remain the same forever. Everything we have is for a season. Hallelujah. Everything we have is for a season. And we need to respect that. That is why we need to respect people. Because you see someone who doesn't seem to have. It is just today. It's for a season. So everything we have and what we don't have, they are all for a season. Some of you young women, there are some potential young men here. You know, and I see potential in them. I see the wisdom that is in them. And if the Lord were to open a door for them, I see where they will go. And you are looking around them and they are walking by and you say, oh, he doesn't even have this. He doesn't have this. He doesn't have a degree. He doesn't have papers. He doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. You watch. Everything is for a season. And then a prudent person will walk in here who understands seasons. And then he will catch him like this. And then when you see, you say, You say, ah. Ah. Is it the same guy? It is him. It is him. Because you are not wise to understand seasons. That things are in seasons. And what you are seeing today is just a temporary. It's temporary. It's a past. And you will see the same person. Your eyes will follow him like this. Hey! That's what you are going to say. You'll be amazed. May the Lord open your eyes to the seasons. And be wise. This one is not my type. That one is not my type. Who is your type? What is your type? Say there's a time, Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 2. It says, There is a right time for everything a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest. God is giving you a season to plant the seed of the tithe. The tithe seeds you have sown will give you a harvest in the future. You will benefit greatly with others when others are struggling because you sown the seed of tithe. May you reap the seeds of tithe that you sow. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. There are some people, I don't know, but I see in this church, there are some people that are going to be really rich, very wealthy. Because I see that they are obedient. There are millionaires that are sitting in this church. You see, you see, I'm giving you, I'm giving you just two years. You will see, you, two years, assess your assets. Count your assets and see that you are a millionaire. But people don't know. May there be millionaires in this church. I say, let there arise millionaires. Young men and young women. Rich, wealthy people. In this church. You will see. You will see. You will see. There will be wealthy, rich rich, rich, when they say he's wealthy, you will see that he's wealthy, she's wealthy wealthy, rich people you will see wealth is given by God the Bible says he set down one and he set it up another he takes from here, you don't have you don't acknowledge him, he takes from here and he gives to this one who acknowledges him amen the next one, quickly let's finish this chapter Tithing Christians understand the law of willing attitude which creates wealth. Tithing Christians understand the law of willing attitude which creates wealth. Isaiah 1, 19 and 20. It says, if ye be willing and obedient, 
ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord had spoken it. Hallelujah. The mouth of the Lord had spoken it. Amen. So here is another important law. And it says, the altitude, the attitude of a person determines his altitude. Your attitude, it will determine how high you will go in life. And I love this principle, and it's so true. How high you go in life, your altitude is determined by your attitude. It is dependent directly on your attitude. Amen. As an employer, I long to work with people who have a good attitude. Your willingness and flowing attitude are more important than your real abilities. That is something that everyone must underline. That your willingness and flowing attitude, they are more important than your real abilities. That you are a person that flows. Everyone loves to work with eager, positive people. Perhaps a willing attitude has been has taken more people higher than anything else. A willing attitude. This is a very important law. We are talking about the laws of wealth creation. You see, God has set good in the land. He said that there is good in the land. You understand? You are there is good in the land. Perhaps you are not experiencing it, but there is good in the land. But in order for anyone to eat or enjoy the good in the land, it requires two things. It requires two things. And it is willingness and obedience. He said, if they be willing, if ye be willing and obedient, if ye be willing, then ye shall eat the good of the land. You shall eat the good of the land. So it means obedience is not the same as willingness. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Or you don't understand? He says it is required in order for you to enjoy or eat the good in the land. You need to listen because you are not enjoying the good of the land. And I'm teaching you why. The reason why you are not enjoying the good of the land is because you don't have a willingness and you don't have obedience. You are not a flowing person and you are not obedient. You are not obedient. You are disobedient and you are not a flowing person. You are difficult to work with. And I'm saying that willingness is not the same as obedience. Hallelujah. You can obey a rule or you can obey a law but unwillingly. Yeah. <laughs> so you are not willing, but you are swiping. <laughs> it's taking your money. Each time you go, then it cuts down. But you are obeying. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So you see that you can get by. You can get by with MetroCard. You can swipe and it will open the door for you. And then you go through. You are obeying the law. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? It works at the metro card, but doesn't work with God. The door to prosperity, because at the metro station, no one is looking at your willingness. They are looking at your obedience. And in the world, it works. That is why at a job, you don't like it, but you are doing it. You wake up early in the morning, and then you are on time. They say, punching, you are punching. They say, here's your assignment. Too much. Every time this, every time. Adding more. But you do it. At the end of the week, they will pay you. If somebody understand what I'm sharing with you, I want you to listen. At the end of the week, they will do what? Because you are obeying. You are doing the work. So that is how come two people, they are doing the same work. You, each time they give you an assignment, ah, but why me? 
Why not this person? Why is it this assignment always given to me? Why this? Why that? Complaining and complaining, but you do it. And so at the end of the week, they pay you because you did it. But another person who has a flowing spirit, another person who has a willing spirit, another person, as soon as they give the assignment, oh, oh, come on, let's go. And then you are flowing and you are doing it. By the time you realize, your boss calls you and he says, I don't know why, but there's something that is making me, even though you have not been here long, even though you have been here, all these people have been here for a long time, you just got here, but something is making me want to now make you the boss. Something is saying that I should promote you, I should increase your salary, and then you are shocked how much they are going to pay you because you don't know that there is good in the land. You don't know that people are making this much money, but because of your obedience alone and not willingness, you are not eating the good of the land. But promotion, it does not come from the boss. The Bible says promotion does not come from your supervisor. The Bible says promotion does not come from your co-worker. It does not come from the east. It does not come from the west. It does not come from the south. Promotion comes from God. And God is looking at your obedience and willingness. And so it's not only your pay, your salary, but he will promote you. That is how you enjoy the fruit of the land. That is how you enjoy the fruit of the land. Amen. Amen. Some of you, you are difficult to work with. And you know, you will never be promoted. You will never be promoted. You will do it, but attitude. Disrespect. You will do it, but disrespectfully. You have no respect. You will never be promoted because, you see, you are doing it. Everyone is seeing that you are doing it. But you will not be promoted. You will never go forward. Nothing will work for you. As long as you have that. It says, if you are willing and obedient, if there's no willingness, you don't have a flowing spirit, you see that you are stuck at the place. Stagnant. Stagnant. No movement. May you change your attitude so you enjoy the fruit of the land. May you change that attitude and become a flowing husband, a flowing wife, a flowing daughter, a flowing son. Because there is good in the land. There is good in the land. Hallelujah. You don't like my preaching. I'm preaching a good message. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, your willingness and flowing attitude, they are more important and desirable. They are desirable than your real abilities. That you know how to do this, you know how to do that, you can do this, you can do that, and you are, you, you are not willing, but you are doing them because you have the skill. When they say we are cooking, bring some food, you know, you will bring it, but the attitude... Before you finally decide to bring it. Hey. Even they're asking you to bring it, your attitude. People are afraid to come and ask you. Because of your attitude. But there are some people you see that you can easily go. Oh, let's, oh we want this. Oh, let's ask this sister. Oh, we want this. Let's ask this sister. Oh, no, no, no. Go and ask. Hey. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. Hey. Let's go and, oh, no, 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 hey, let's, let's leave her alone. <laughs> if she brings it, fine. But please, you see, no flowing. You are not flowing. Amen. Amen. No one wants someone who has ability and is not flowing. What is the good of a beautiful wife who has no flowing attitude? A beautiful wife, you are a beautiful wife, but you are not flowing. What is the good? They say, come and serve food. Even the way you display the food, it shows that you are not willing. You, have, you see, you have obeyed. But there's no willingness. If you had your way, this food serving. You don't like my message. I should stop the preaching. You see, the children are here, so I cannot preach certain things. Amen. 
Amen. The children they know things. They know more than us. <laughs> May the Lord help us. Amen. Flowing attitude. Flowing, come and serve. And then you just throw in the plate, take it. Take it. Take it. You are sitting down, where's my food? In the microwave. Hey! In the fridge. Hey, I'm going to sleep. When you come, there's something in the fridge. Okay? What a shock. Flowing attitude. Flowing attitude. You see, it's, 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 it's a nice thing when you are working with someone who has a flowing attitude. And I'm telling you, you see, that flowing willingness part, only God sees it. Only God sees it. That is why in the world, they reward you for obeying. They reward you. They, you came to work. You spent the hours. You did the work. You are an employee. They will pay you. But promotion, if they are going to promote you, they promote only people who have willing hearts. Only people with willingness. I'm telling you. May you change your attitude. May you change your attitude. Because there is good in the land. You are not enjoying the good in the land. Because God says that if ye be willing and then obedient. Hallelujah. Change your attitude and you enjoy the fruit of the land. Amen. He says that the attitude of a person is always shown when he has to do things he does not understand. You know what? Sometimes you don't understand something. You see, for instance, tight. You see, it's a, it's a way of God giving us the opportunity to demonstrate our willingness. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Truthfully, God does not need our money. God does not need our money. I have heard many times, many, many times that Bishop will come and then he was making um, fundraising when the church was in his early days and he's making fundraising and then he will say, if you don't, have, if you don't want to pay, don't pay. The, church, the work will still go on. Do you understand? If you don't want to pay, don't pay. The work will still go on. And I've seen the work going on and on and on. On and on and on and on. It's God's work. He's the one that says, I will build my church. It's his work. So I believe he gives us just opportunity to be blessed. To demonstrate our willingness. Amen. Tithing calls upon that essential willing attitude without a positive willing attitude. You cannot give away 10% of your hard-earned income. You can. If you don't have a willing attitude, if you are not willing, you, it's very difficult. It is very difficult. Most of us need more than 100% of our incomes to just survive. It does not make sense to give away 10% of your income to vague, undefined spiritual causes. Without a willing attitude, you will not practice tithing. You must have a willing attitude. It is something that nobody has to explain and calculate and show you. It's a willing attitude. But I have come to realize that anyone who willingly and faithfully pay their tithe, they prosper. You will never lack. I'm telling you, you will never lack. You will never be disgraced. Whenever you are faithful with your tithe, it's a difficult thing. And people are not faithful. You see, that is why you don't. You see, if you be willing and obedient, that is why people don't enjoy the fruit of the land. I am telling you, just be faithful. Children, you are our children. If it was not fruitful, we will not advise you to do this. But it is fruitful. It is beneficial. God will keep you. God will sustain you. God will give you abundance. Amen. Amen. It is a portion that belongs to God. Honor it. Respect it. Can I have an amen? amen. And from the young people, can I have an amen? amen? From the young people, can I have an amen? amen. Wonderful.
He says, Titan therefore develops within you a flowing attitude, a flowing, willing attitude for something you cannot fully understand. It is this same willing attitude that will take you higher in other spheres of life. There is more hope for a willing person than a stubborn, unyielding personality. Amen. A stubborn and unyielding personality. You know, sometimes you come out smiling and doing things, but in your heart, there's no willingness. There is no willingness. There's no willingness. And sometimes that is seen even in your conversation with others. There's no willingness. You are doing it, but there's no willingness. You are obeying, but there's no willingness. Hallelujah. But come with willingness. You are obeying other willingness so you can enjoy the fruits of the land. Hallelujah. And the last one, tithing Christians understand the law of obedience which creates wealth. The law of obedience which creates wealth. It says obedience by definition. Let me give you the definition of obedience. The dictionary definition of obedience is compliance with an order, request, or law, or submission to another's authority. That is obedience. To submit to another's authority. To respect that this person is in authority and you respect, you honor. Amen. If you don't respect someone's authority, you will never have authority. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, if you are not faithful with that which belongs to another man, who will give you that which belongs to you? That means that what belongs to you is in the hand of another person. You don't respect, you will never be respected. I have seen many times there are some people, they have been here, no respect, and they leave and they go somewhere, and they get some things to do, and then they receive the same recompense. The same recompense. Look, if you are not faithful with what belongs to someone, you will never have yours. You will think you have yours, you see that it's taken away from you. Because you are not faithful. When you had the opportunity to be faithful with that which belongs to someone, you were treating it, doing all kinds of things, saying all kinds of things, turning people against things, and turning people us, and doing all kinds of things, you will never have yours. I'm telling you, you will never have yours. Because what belongs to you is in the hand of another person. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? What belongs to you is in the hand of another person. So you have no respect. You don't respect this. You don't honor this. You are not willing. You are not flowing. You see, you encounter people. They will do the same thing to you. The same thing to you. I've had people call and say, hey, check in. It's not easy, oh. How people are church people? Hey, hey, Reverend. Hey, my idea, Reverend. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> because then the person was here, the things that the person was doing, and now she has realized that the thing is not easy. And people will rise up against you. Amen. Rise up. You are not faithful with someone's wife. You get someone's daughter and you are mistreating the person who will give you that will belong. You are not married and you are misbehaving with other people's daughters. Who will give you your own daughter? Who will give you? (laughs) You are misusing someone's wife that will belong. You are not faithful with someone's wife. Who will give you your own wife? Or your own someone's husband? People's husbands, you are not faithful with them. Doing all kinds of things in front of them and just making them misbehave. Who will give you yours? You have no idea what can be done to yours. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Look, respect the laws of God and you will do very well. I am telling you, Respect the laws of God and you do very well. Hallelujah. Yes. He says, obedient people go further 
than disobedient ones. It's true. If you are obedient, you will always go further. If you are obedient, you try. Try to be obedient this year. Try. You try. And say, let me be obedient. You see, God is faithful. He says, I change not. My laws are my laws. My words are my words. No iota will be removed from the word. You try to be obedient and see what will happen to you. You see that things will be up, opening up. Things will be going up. I said the metro card, you swipe and it goes through. But with God, it's not like that. With God, it says that there's good in the station, but you, you are, your card alone, you have the money, but without willingness. Without willingness. It's not with God. Janet, do you understand the word of God? Yes. Amen. Amen. He says, this is easy to see. I love people who obey my instructions. Don't you? Do you not love people who obey your instructions? You know, anyone who obeys instructions is favored. Anyone who is flowing, easy, obedient, you are favored. You are favored. Amen. Many of the greatest tests of your life are simply tests of your obedience. And tithing is a test of your obedience. Tithing is yet another test of obedience. It is the test that you will have to pass if you are going to do well. Obey God and give him 10% of everything you have. Perhaps the great harvest of, tithe, of the tither is the harvest of the seeds of obedience. Dear friend, Tithing is an important exercise, even if it is just an exercise in blind obedience. You cannot be trusted with certain positions if you are not obedient. You can't. We can't trust you with certain positions if you are not obedient. You want us to assign sheep to you, but you are not a sheep. You cannot be a sheep. You cannot be pastored. You are not obedient. You are not humble. And you cannot not have sheep. Amen. Amen. The blessing, he says, the blessing, you cannot be trusted with certain amounts of money if you are not obedient to the ones, the one who give it to you. It's true. So you want God to give you more money, but what he has given to you, you cannot be trusted with it. You can't bring to him what he says is set aside to be holy. The blessing is for the obedient. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. You prove your love for God by your obedience. Hallelujah. Let us read John 14 and verse 15. And we shall bring the service to a close. John 14 and verse 15. He says, but if ye, John, John, the book of John 14 and 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. How many of you love God? You don't love God? How many of you love God? Well, then God is saying that if you love me, keep my commandment. If you love me, keep my commandment. If you love me, if you love me. So hearing is how we show God our love. So when we say we love God, we are showing him or he's seeing our love by we keeping his commandment. Hallelujah. That is how we know that we love God. Amen. So if you continue to read on, the next verse is, is and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he, shall, he may abide with you forever. The next verse, he says, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. The next verse, he says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. This is all based on obeying my commandment. Next verse, yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me because I live ye, I live, ye shall live also. The next verse. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandment, amen. He that hath my commandment and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Amen. Wow. wow. Then verse 22, verse 22, is that verse 22? 
Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, no, no, this time Iscariot is on his business. Bishop says he was making phone calls and texting. He said, Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, are you listening? How, how it is, how is it, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Judas didn't understand. You say you are God. We are all your children. How is it that you are going to manifest yourself unto us and not the others? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Amen. Amen. You see, this is, how, this is how you see two people, two people, they say they love God. They are doing the things of God. And then one is favored, one is chosen, one is selected. One seems to have everything going on with him. And then people get jealous of you. You see, that is what happens at a job. When you have two people, they are doing the same work, doing the same thing. But they choose you and they promote you. And then you say, I've been here for long. I've been here before he came. I was here before he came. Because the boss who promotes, the boss who promotes sees a willing heart. And God pushes you forward for promotion. Let me tell you, it is important for us to obey the commandments of God. Not to take them lightly. Anytime you are with people, you choose the one who obeys you. You've, the one who flows with you is the one that you want to come around. Is the one that you want to take with you. Is the one that you want to talk to. Is the one that you want to communicate with all the time. Not the one that is not willing. The one that is doing the work but not willing. Opposing every time you're challenging. Okay, okay, we tried, but I don't think this. Thing. Everything you are just opposing. Everything you have something to say about it. Everything you are told, you have something to say. And all the comments you make are negative comments. Negative comments. And everyone that is around you seems to have the same attitude. Everyone that comes near you seems to have the same attitude. Beloved, if you have anyone around you that is making you now have certain attitude like that, negative attitude, pull yourself. Because that is a demon you are working with. I'm telling you. You are working with a demon. You know, it's not everyone who has a nice face and sits in church and dances in church and sings in church that is a Christian because the demon possessed people who sit in church. When Jesus walked in a church, there was someone who has been demon possessed. But he was in church. Do you understand? You want promotion? Flow. Let people who flow. People who flow. Not people who tell you, don't talk to the pastor. I am the shepherd. They should talk to you, not me. Don't talk to the pastor. You're walking around prophesying false prophecies to people. False prophecies. Sister, can I see you after church? It's happening. But may you be delivered. As you are willing and obedient. I say, I don't know why I feel in my spirit that in this church, there are millionaires that are going to rise up. Millionaires. You watch. You watch. And young people, see. May the Lord open your eyes. They are in a dry season here now. They are living in the manger. They are born in mangers. And they are in sweat clothes. They are in tattered clothes now, today. But the time will come that when they mention that person's name, Hallelujah. The Bible says Saul lost his right to the throne because of disobedience. And many people lose their rights to the throne because of disobedience. Because of unwilling attitude. Because of difficult attitude. You are not a flowing type. Look, when you are flowing, people like you to come around them. When you are flowing, people like to work with you. When you, are, you become beautiful. In the sight of everyone, you are missed when you go away. But when you are not flowing, we rejoice when you are away. 
Oh, yes. There are some people at work. You, they, you don't want them around. They make the work difficult for you. True or not true? Or you have not seen people like that. They are difficult. They are difficult people. Everything, they have some negative thing to say about it. But when you are flowing, you see, there are some people, they have such a flowing spirit. Flowing. I'm not talking about fake. I'm talking about real because the fake we are seeing, but the willingness, the promotion, it comes from the one who is seeing the real and the fake. I'm not talking about smile. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet. Let us bring the service to your cross. For your word, we thank you for your love, for your kindness, that your eyes are on us, that you set your eyes on us. We are grateful. We are thankful in the name of Jesus. If there's anyone here this afternoon, you are not born again, you have not given your life to Christ, you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is you, lift up your hands and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? If that is you. Anyone here like that? Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone here like that? You, want, you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life as my Savior. If that is your prayer, I want to say a simple prayer with you. You are not born again. If you were to die today, you are not even sure where you are going. But there is heaven and there is hell. You say, I choose to go to heaven if I die. I want to be with Jesus. Is there anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus into your life. Father, we are grateful and thankful in the name of Jesus. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Rev. Brian Kuma, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North Podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.